Welcome to the Don't Knock It podcast, where we address misconceptions about Jesus' character, his church, and his word. By doing this, we hope to encourage you to delight in Christ before dismissing him, to know him before knocking him. I'm your host, Chris Ramirez, and today's misconception is the God of the Old Testament is wrathful, and the God of the New Testament is compassionate and loving. So for starters, because the Bible is divided into two volumes in our English Bibles today, namely into the Old and New Testaments, it is almost natural to think of the Bible's content as two separate stories. Although there are several reasons why this division is helpful, we have to be careful not to divide the character of God as we get to this division when we jump from Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament, to Matthew, the first book of the New Testament. This is incredibly important to understand because the Bible says that God is unchanging. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, as Hebrews 13.8 tells us. And then in Malachi 3.6, we read, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. Those are two different verses, one from each of the Testaments, that both declare that God is unchanging. He was, is, and always will be the all-powerful, the all-knowing, and the ever-present God. So where does this misconception come from? Why do people assume this about God's character? I think it's because the New Testament begins with four accounts of the life of Jesus Christ, who is undoubtedly the greatest human being to have ever lived, even from a non-religious perspective. His wonderful miracles, healings, acceptance of the foreigner and diseased, his willingness to denounce hypocrites and the self-righteous, and to identify with the most vulnerable, all affirm that he was indeed the most compassionate and loving human being to have walked the earth. I mean, who wouldn't prefer to read the parts of the Bible where we see his life and ministry unfold? On the other hand, the Old Testament records events like Noah and the flood, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, the mass execution of the Canaanites, rape, incest, betrayal, idolatry, and the list goes on. If we're left with only a description like that, it's no surprise that people tend to gravitate towards the gentle and lowly heart of Jesus in the New Testament over the judgmental, merciless wrath of Almighty God in the the Old Testament. But in all honesty, that is a severe mishandling of God's history of redemption, and I want to help us see the heart of, of the God of the entire Bible, not just the New Testament. I once heard a pastor say that, The Old Testament is what life without Jesus looks like. A lot of rules, very little mercy and grace. And I thought, wait a second, are we reading the same Old Testament? Statements like that preach well, and you may say amen to phrases like those in church, but they portray the heart of God in an inaccurate way. So let's see how that comes to be. In Luke 24, starting at verse 13, we read about two men heading back to a town called Emmaus after Jesus had resurrected. And as they're reflecting on what had happened in Jerusalem, Jesus joins them on their journey and asks what they're talking about. Just a quick side note, this passage tells us that they were prevented from recognizing Jesus, so Jesus was probably miraculously concealing their eyesight in some way. 
So one of them named Cleopas responds with, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who is unaware of these things that have happened in the last few days? Essentially asking Jesus, Have you been living under a rock the past few days? Jesus responds with, What things? And after the men explain what has occurred, Jesus' response, his response is key to understanding the heart of God throughout the Old Testament. So Luke 24, starting at verse 25, Jesus responds to the men. And he said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. So what we learn from Jesus' response to these, men, to these men is that it would be foolish for someone to read and study the Old Testament and not conclude that it all pointed to the suffering and glory of a promised Savior. Verse 27 says that he walked them through the entire Old Testament, explaining how it all pointed to himself. So God, in his divine wisdom, is not a double-minded God where he's wrathful during one point in history and merciful in the next. He just communicated differently. Hebrews 1 verses 1 through 2 tells us that God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days he has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. So to say that the Old Testament simply portrays a wrathful God and very little, very little mercy and grace is to miss out on what God was trying to communicate to us in the first three-fourths of the Bible, and that is this, you will be my people, I will be your God, and I will accomplish that through the life, death, and resurrection of my only begotten Son. According to Jesus himself, the Old Testament is interwoven with the promise of deliverance and salvation. So if you mishandle or remove the Old Testament, you remove the promises, the hope, the salvation, and the entire family line, for that matter, of the one through whom all the promises came or come to fulfillment. So if you're a Christian and love Jesus and someone asks you, or someone says to you, I can't believe in your God because he's wrathful. And then they go on to list off certain events from the Old Testament. What would be one way you could respond? If someone said that to me, I would respond with, well, we see his wrath unfold as an expression of his perfect justice. Do we ever want sin to go unpunished? Absolutely not. So what we have in the Old Testament as we read through it is a front row seat to God executing his perfect justice with the people who were hell bent on forgetting him, sinning against his people, and choosing to worship other gods. And you know what's beautiful through all of that? That God is still merciful. In Jeremiah 31.20, after God's people had been destructively disobedient, God says, Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he a delightful child? Indeed, as often as I have spoken against him, I certainly still remember him. Therefore, my heart yearns for him. I will surely have mercy on him, declares the Lord. So regarding our misconception for today, that judgment of sin does not remain solely in the Old Testament. We see that at the cross. 
God, in his mercy, sent his only son to receive the judgment of sin on behalf of his people. Not only did God show his love on the cross 2,000 years ago, he also showed his perfect justice and wrath against sin, and it fell on his son rather than on us. And one more thing before I close out this episode, we see both God's mercy and judgment in the Old Testament. That's undeniable. And we just referred to God's mercy and judgment embodied at the same time on the cross in the New Testament. But we will also see that judgment in the future. We see in the New Testament that Jesus will one day be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. And that's in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. That passage goes on to say that those who do not belong to Christ will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction. So to sum it up as simple as possible, with the help of how Ray Ortland describes it in his book Gentle and Lowly, I quote, When we see Christ unveil his deepest heart as gentle and lowly, he is continuing on the natural trajectory of what God has, had already been revealing about himself throughout the Old Testament. Jesus provides new sharpness to who God is, but not fundamentally new content, end quote. In other words, Jesus Christ is the visible manifestation of the invisible God, the radiance of the glory of God, and the exact imprint of his nature. You want to see the heart of God through fire, smoke, and an audible voice? Read the Old Testament. You want to see the heart of God embodied in human flesh? You go to the New Testament. In both, you will be in awe of the same God who is both perfectly compassionate and perfectly just, as he will not let sin go unpunished. This is the true and living God of the entire Bible, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it is in him that we encourage you to consider and submit to. To delight in him before dismissing him. To know him before knocking him. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Don't Knock It podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ramirez. Grace and peace, family. Peace.